everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Elite Zone where we talk about real estate, mindset, successes, marketing, tech, and apparently today we're going to be talking about bitch slapping the or I'm sorry, bitch slapping your way to the accelerated path to peace. My guest today is Misha and Misha, I'm going to have you say your last name. Thank you so much, Max Zvagansov. Misha Zvagansov. A lot of people just say Misha Z. Misha Z or Misha Zvagansov. He's the host of the Influence Army podcast, which has over 650 episodes and counting. Um, and he's the CEO and Chief Influence Officer of the Influence Army membership, where he teaches online entrepreneurs how to go on an influence tour so that they can increase their impact, their authority, and their income. And uh, those three things are, you know, where all the juice lies today. So Misha, thanks so much for being on the show. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm amazing. Honestly, I'm amazing. I am uh, in the flow right now, in the zone. So much good stuff is happening. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's really well to answer your question. Yeah, crushing it right now. Crushing so, it. I love that. And yeah. you know, j just so you guys know, normally, you know, I, I like to meet guests at the front door. Um, I'm standing out by the front door and I get a notification from somebody in the studio saying, hey, your podcast guest is in the studio without you. And so this guy's in here, he's on his laptop, he's ready to go, energy is high. So, um, you know, I want to just, I want to get right into it. But first, you know, um, you've got, there's so many different components of your journey and your life and your skills and business and all that stuff. So like, how, how did you get to this seat right here and like how did all this start like you know give me a little background take me through kind of your journey to, to how you got to where you are yeah such a great question you know I um, I've been in salesy entrepreneur my whole life mm -hmm. and uh, um, I'll fast forward to 2001 where I had been uh, in in sales uh, for a number of years had been telemarketing like mad, like I have made literally, no joke, over a million telemarketing phone calls, first starting by hand dialing, right? Literally hand dialing, and I had a tick sheet, and I would dial 250, 250 hand dialed phone calls a day. I had a tick sheet where it was like, call made, pick up, uh, you know, I'd get my front line out, yes, no, you know, and just attract everything and uh, uh, manually, probably manually, not. absolutely yep. manually. And this was in uh, this was I got my start in um, as a retail commodities broker. Okay, what does that mean? Yeah, that's basically the people who sell oil futures, wheat futures. You know, wheat's going to the moon, oil's going to the moon, gold's gonna crash. Now all the hypes was for a while, it was in Forex trading, then sure. currency trading, then Bitcoin, yeah. like all this kind of hypey kind of a thing. And really what it was, this was in the late 90s, was boiler room telemarketing. Like I was in the boiler room, grinding the phones, had a full on written scripts yeah. that I stuck to. Cocaine, hookers. Cocaine, hookers. Guys throwing I, dice in oh, the corner. Yeah, absolutely, had, a, had, <laughs> had bosses. <laughs> arrested and taken out right. taken yeah, in, jail in front of me. yeah like i'm literally calling on the phone you know making my 50th phone call and watching my boss go out in handcuffs like what yep um yep. Yep. so yeah that's how i got my start and really what happened was i had had a number of years of just telemarketing door-to-door -door sales experience 
I ended up moving to California, San Diego, mm -hmm. uh, by necessity, 2001, ended up in home loans, and uh, what a great time to end up in home loans and the real estate market, right? Yeah, no kidding. What year? 2001. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, interest rates were, were uh, between 7 and 8% when I got started in the business, um, and... Uh, you know, now they're heading back there and everybody's freaked out and panicking. But when I started in the home loan business, rates had come down from, you know, 20%, 15%. They were down to 8 and 7% right in that range. And my boss, Darren Riley, who taught me so much, oh my God, I, I cannot give back to the world. You know, he's a mentor of mine in the loan business. Mm -hmm. just, just such a so good at his job and his attention to detail and it was old school loan officer uh you know you just overserved you overserved yeah um, but anyway i distinctly remember when i started on the business literally day one he's like hey man we got to grow your uh purchase business um rates are at seven or eight percent there's no way they're going lower you know they haven't been lower than eight percent ever you know what I mean? Yep. And yep. Uh, fast forward 20 years to now where, what we're just coming off 3% or whatever crazy rates were and, and rates are just creeping back to where they were when I started in the business. But a uh, little side note there. But uh, everything came together for me in the, in the home loan business, man. I, 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 I love data. I love, I love sifting through the data. And what I mean that is like, so for me, I, I when I got started in home loans, people just handed me call lists, mm -hmm. and that was natural for me at the time. So I was like, yeah, give me, you cannot give me enough phone numbers to dial, right? So, wow, that yeah. is, I, I hate cold calling. <laughs> yeah. Man, you know, and I, so, yeah. my, I, but interestingly enough, I, I was a telemarketer as well. Yeah. But the funny thing is, uh, I was like doing the donation telemarketing. Yeah. And um, I was like 19 when I started. I did it for a couple of years. I, I feel like everybody should experience doing that kind of work. They really should. Because you really build your rejection. Uh, you know, your your uh, your and you know, I mean, I, I'm a I tend to be a bit hypersensitive myself. Yes, but, me too. Um, it, you know, it helps against that. And um, but the thing is, is that like the place I was, like a lot of those guys got that job because you didn't have to handle money. Yeah. So a lot of them were just like fresh out of prison. <laughs> yeah. So like the boss would come out and be like, boss come out and be like. Raise your hand if you need to call your PO, and like everybody would raise their hand besides like me and like two other dudes, and we'd yeah. like you know. But so it was like all convicts yes. and me. Yes. These guys were great. Like you know, there, I, man, like there was a guy that's name was, um, oh man, Big Ride. His name right. was Big Ride, Big Ride. And, but when he was on the phone, he was like you know. Arthur Zakarian, how you doing today, big guy? And, you know, he he put the phone down and be like, yeah, yeah, my car here. You know, like, and I'd be like, well, what's your real name? And he'd be like, Big Ride. And so everybody's called, you know what I mean? Yes. And so like, but on the phone, and so I just I, I just wanted to make that per, that side note, like, hey, uh, parents out there, go and have your kid be a telemarketer, even for a couple months. Even for a couple right? months, right? Because it's gonna Absolutely. it's gonna build a skill that is extremely hard, and especially in the world we live in now with the yeah. You know, like nobody wants to actually talk to you. Yes, yes. So yes. not to derail your story, no. but keep keep going. I just wanted to throw that in there. Oh my gosh! Well, too. So you know, all this telemarketing I did, and I, I started listening to Zig Ziglar totally tapes. Yeah, uh, Brian Tracy tapes. Yep. All these sales tapes. 
uh, tapes on how to uh, network, all this stuff. And I started, you know, hearing smile when you're on the phone. So I would, whenever I start dialing or like I sit down now, like you said, I come in with high energy because it's habitual in me. I sit up straight, roll my shoulders back, smile. I always say a prayer too, like, God, how can I be of service? Uh -huh. What can I bring to the table? How uh -huh. can I serve you? How totally. can I serve the audience? And yep. it just puts you in such a better position. And when I started telemarketing, whenever I fell into, what am I going to get out of this? When, when, when am I going to close the sale? When am I going to get the deal? It was always so hard to pick up the phone. But when I was like, hey, I'm just trying to serve here. I'm looking for the person that I can help. Man, it was easy. It was like dial away. You know, you know what they say in telemarketing. It's like the, that that no just gets you one step closer to the yes. Right. And so when I would slip into that mindset yeah. of like, hey, I'm just trying to find that person I can help. Right. And when you look at it that way, it's not about you anymore. Yeah. You're not like, man, like, you know, I feel like I'm, I can't do this because I'm bothering people. Or yeah, like, yeah. You get wrapped up in your head. But if you're looking at it as like, I'm offering, I'm trying to make this person's life better yes. for an important reason. Yes. If they want to tell me, you know, to fuck off, and by the way, we can swear on this show. Okay, good. <laughs> we, we, we encourage that kind of thing here. Yes. Um, if they tell me to fuck off, it's not, it, like, it has nothing to do with me. Yeah. And the, one of the biggest aids in sales I've got, because, you know, I, I'm in recovery. Yeah. Um, I'll have uh, 11 years next month. Amazing. Uh, and one of the things that I was told is that if some, no matter how somebody else is treating you, it's never a reflection on you. It's so powerful, you know. Right? Yes, and, and you know, and that and that could be, which isn't to say that you may not have a part in the situation. Yeah. But if you know, if you're on the phone with somebody that you don't know, yeah. and you're trying to help them, and they're like, you know, I'm so sick of you assholes calling me, and yeah. this is the tenth time, and you know, you're, does your mother know what you do? I mean, the kind of questions you get, <laughs> yes. people, right? Like, yes. It's so easy to internalize that. So easy. And then say, like, you know, this is like my baby, my company. Yeah. This is mine, and if I, if I'm vulnerable and I go out there and somebody just, you know, tears it apart in front of me, it's like, ah, like it's so hard. But if you so just hard. keep in mind, like, this is not you. It's not about you. Yeah. You know, it's about maybe a past experience of theirs. It's about maybe they had a bad day. Yeah. It's like you don't know what's going on in their life. So yeah. I'm, I'm sure, and I'm sure you've had tons of experience with that. But I want to know in in how many phone calls have you made? Literally a million. Literally, so, so Misha's made literally over a million phone calls. How do you get to the point where you are comfortable dialing and calling to some and calling and and you know pitching something or selling something? without that fear of like oh man like i just don't want to it's so hard for me to do yeah such a great question so i want you to know too that i started by hand dialing and i have made millions of dollars telemarketing i just want you to tell you right now mm -hmm. and you like mm -hmm. and I, still today the there is power in picking up that phone and so i made millions of dollars telemarketing, building telemarketing teams. Um, and so, you know, first it was hand dialing and then it was like, all right, I started getting auto dialers, multi-line auto dialers. Mm -hmm. So there, so all of a sudden I'm able to, I don't have to hand dial 250 calls. Now right. I've got the computers dialing, you know, two to three to 4,000 numbers a day, uh, uh, you know, a day yep. for me. And then you start layering on people on your team um, so you built up your own team. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I got absolutely. it. And this is absolutely. for mortgage. Yeah, this was in mortgage, absolutely. 
So yes. you're, call, you're calling potential home buyers. Uh, potential home buyers and real estate agents. Real estate agents, uh, also homeowners. So there's yep, homeowners. so much to me. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I got most of my my home loan business going direct to consumer and uh, and just skipping the realtors. And then I would I actually would bring more leads to realtors than typically mm -hmm. I was getting from realtors. And I'm not poo pooing realtor relationships. Like go out and build those realtor relationships. Yeah, yeah, for absolutely. sure. Right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I, it's amazing. I just tended to go straight to the consumer, so I would mine data and find, find, you know, how long is somebody on the house? How much equity do they have in the house? You know, you can ex start extrapolating a lot of information, and then you can go, okay, there's a great chance this person wants to sell their house. Sure. Right. So yep. you can start calling up homeowners yeah. you could do this today you could start calling well, I could tell you what I would do today if I was a home loan officer as a realtor but we can save that for the end maybe but um, he's not gonna give away all the secrets <laughs> for free folks for free. <laughs> click the link in the bio yeah, the and link. make a PayPal payment of four ninety nine ninety nine ninety nine. no just kidding just kidding that's right um, yeah just yeah please continue yeah yeah so yeah go to badzuck.com 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 we'll give you everything you need that's a true uh, that's a true um, URL actually you can find out a lot about me there so do go to badzuck.com absolutely and guys we'll drop all of uh, Misha's links and nuggets in the uh, episode description and in the video description. So don't worry, you don't have to take notes or, or uh, Google in the car while you're driving. Don't Google in the car while <laughs> yes. you're driving. Yes, actually do Google in do, the car yeah, while you're yeah, driving. And find me yeah. and opt in, now. right? Just opt in. <laughs> um, I know I'm trying to get to the to the answer your question sure. of, uh, of, you know, how do I get the confidence to pick up that phone? And I just want to make it clear that I have, have done the dials I've built the teams I've helped find help those people who are on my team get the confidence get the assurity to, to pick up those to pick up the phone as yes. well and um, but uh, you know I believe you got to find a product you can believe in right and when I was in home loans and selling loans I knew I was the best loan officer out there bar none I just did and until I knew I was the best loan officer out there, I leaned on Darren Riley and his team, right? So I was like, I was like, I literally have the best team in the home loan industry. And you believed it. And I believed it. Like to the, to the core. To the core. So anybody who's listening or watching right now and wants to get in the home loan and or real estate business, I would go find a team that you believed was the best, and I would I would join that team, and I would work for nothing, honestly, or little to nothing, and learn and get on the phones, and just leverage and lean on that team. And so, where it really came together for me was when I believed in what I was selling and who I was working with, mm -hmm. and uh, I mean, it changed everything, right? And so that that is a big thing. I'm also in recovery. I I was in started in recovery when I was 17 years old. Actually, the last day of high school. Little nudge from the judge. He said, "Hey, you can go to jail for six months, or you can jump in recovery." And I was like, "I choose recovery for sure, right?" And it's been straight line recovery yeah. for me 
when I, and when I say that, that means I haven't had to go back out and find out, do I want to use drugs? Do I want to drink again? No, I know 17 years old, never need to do that stuff again. And I'm not poo-pooing any of it, but going in recovery, the other thing in recovery, if you look at a lot of the, like the 12 step groups and, and on all the modalities, right? There's like sex and love addicts, anonymous, alcoholics, anonymous, overeaters, anonymous, codependents, anonymous, right? Cocaine, anonymous, cocaine, anonymous, podcast addiction, anonymous, Misha and I are going to start that podcast anonymous, right? You know, or you even think of any of like self-help groups in general, like grief, there's people that are suffering extreme grief because, you know, death happens or things happen in their life. And and all of these sorts of modalities, these stepified things, mm-hmm. a big part of it is service, mm-hmm. right? It's like, how do we, we got to get out of ourselves and get into service. So mm-hmm. for me, before I even got into sales, I was already geared towards how can I, excuse me, how can I be of service? What can I bring to the table? So find a product that you can believe in, the team that you can believe in, and then how can I be of service? How can I serve the customer? Right? And then I think when you've got those three things together, it's easy. I mean, I had my days. Trust me. I was yeah, like, well, I, I know you've had a lot of personal... Like, yeah. It's not like you just like got good at calling and then all yeah. of a sudden all the doors opened and yeah. you know, here you go, millions of dollars. Yes. I know you've had some personal challenges and yeah. some struggles yeah. along the way. You know, I, a lot of podcasts that I hear, you know, on real estate and market, they're kind of like templated in textbook where it's like, here's the new system to do. Like, I like to talk about the real shit. Yeah. So like, you know, uh, tell me about some of the, you know, some of the challenges along the way. How did you keep going to get where you are? Because, and especially now like real estate agents are dropping off like flies, flies with yeah. the way the market is. Yeah. And you know, anybody that's in the business part-time and they're thinking like, yeah, I'm going to work a nine to five, but then I'm going to get my real estate license and get yeah. rich. Like, yeah. you know, it's tough, right? It's, it's tough. tough right now. So yeah. uh, resilience. What, what resilience. Was, how do you do it? Love it. Absolutely. So again, I'm constantly, one of the top things I do is I, I'm talking to source, my higher power, God, whatever you want to call it, the universe. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Hey, how can I be of service? What can I bring to the table? And that mindset is very powerful. We talked about it. You talked about accountability earlier. I'm constantly thinking, all right, how, how can I take accountability for the, when the rough stuff happens, it's like, what's my part? Or if we get resentful or my boss is a prick, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, sure. we got to shift that mindset to like, all right, what's my part in this whole thing, right? Um, the other thing too is, uh, you know, I've got a strong community to lean into. So when, when problems happen, uh, well, well, I think it's probably best to tell stories, right? So, gosh, you so, are a marketer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I was in home loans, doing very well for Wells Fargo Home Mortgage, which is a paper. We were a paper. Wells Fargo probably still is in the business. You know, like the a paper, the best quality home loans. For out sure. There, right? yeah, Wells Fargo is a monster. Yeah, right? Wells is a monster. And so, um, when the when the how did I find resilience in the mortgage industry is the riches are in the niches, right? And so anybody starting in mortgages right now or real estate right now, like trying to help everybody is an exercise in futility. Sure. Like find that niche that you can serve, right? And so 
one of my gifts in sales is to find a niche to go serve. That is, yeah, that's, that's huge. And, you know, um, I am a, a, a marketing consultant. Yeah. And I've, you know, I run a full stack agency. Okay. And I, you know, I work with a lot of real estate agents, work with mortgage guys, work yeah. with, you know, people in finance and, okay. and, and what have you. But yeah. a lot of times an agent that I'll be working with will come and they've got like thousands of people yes. in their CRM. But there's no personalization, there's no segmentation, and they don't, they're mass messaging all these people with the same thing. And I'm like, no, you got, you have the, like, buyers, buyers in this area, buyers in this area with this income, buy, you know, just had a baby. Like, you'll learn about these people because the more you know about them and niche down, then your messaging and your marketing is much more effective because when you're talking, you know, it's uh, it's like a psychological principle. Immediately when you know we start, we got here, we start talking about recovery, and yeah. I'm like, boom, safe guy, he gets it. He's, you know what I mean. Yes. So you're making those personal connections, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So I had come from, I had come from uh, finance, right? So I have a finance degree. Mm-hmm. I was in the commodities markets, uh, right? When I was a retail commodities uh, broker. You know, cutting my teeth, hand dialing. Yeah. When I was in that business, I came across some guys who were on the front edge of the computerized trading in the commodities market. So they were trading the S and P five hundred futures and options. They were trading stocks. Yeah, stocks, and then they were trading uh, bond options and futures. But these guys were smart. They had the tech, and. And they liked me, and so I fell in with them and learned um, all like this high-level finance speak, right? And all of a sudden, I'm back in the day. It was uh, uh, Greenspan who was the uh, Alan, Alan Greenspan. Alan Greenspan, who's the what do we call that guy? What's the guy now? I have no idea. Yeah, the, the head of the Fed. I right? just remember the hearing Federal his name Reserve. all the time. Right, so I was all deep in Alan Greenspan, the Federal Reserve, all these high-level macro, uh, you know, economic and, and, and finance conversations. And so when I ended up in home loans, the natural people for me to talk to were CEOs, CIOs, yep. general managers, yep. uh, uh, people decision in that, makers, decision makers, high level. That's it, and and that. Lucky for me that that's who I could talk to. So mm-hmm. that's who I marketed to, right? I was not trying to get the first-time homebuyers. Collaterally, I got them, right? But my it's a focus on the on the on the niche and the fringes fall. For sure, yeah. Right? You get to the top of the pyramid. That's cut it. off the head of the snake and you get the whole body. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's it. And so. Y- you know, I just focused on, on that arena. And so when I started mining data, I went to zip codes where those people lived. I found houses that those people lived in, right? So when the market collapsed, things like that happened, okay, what niche can I go after? What do I know about? And then, you know, Wells Fargo, it's such a big company, mm-hmm. you know, I found new niches to mine within them. So you got to be willing to pivot. You got to be willing to shift an identity. You got to yep. be willing to start over and try again. Or admit that you, you know, you may not know as much about something as you thought. Absolutely. Or maybe, you know, now, nowadays, since things 
you know, change so rapidly. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the biggest things, you know, I, I'm a big Gary Vee fan. Yeah. And he always says, you know, people, he'll, he'll be talking and somebody's like, well, you know, you know, how do you know that's right? He said, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, I don't need to be right. I'm not claiming that I'm right. <laughs> yes. You know, I'm saying, try it out. Yes. See if it works. Yes. If it doesn't, then, you know, if it does, great, do more of it. Yes. You got to try stuff out. You got to try you gotta, new things out, right? got to try new things out. And this is what I, one of the things that I learned in, in my sales telemarketing uh, days. I also got into sending out mass flyer campaigns to get the phones to ring, right? Like I am strong on the phones. I'm strong in front of people like phone, uh, like get that phone to ring, man. And, and I don't know. You seem pretty <laughs> timid and shy to me. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know. I know. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. Um, Actually, I have stories around that, frameworks around that, how you can fake that, um, but uh, not fake it, but uh, where was I going? Uh, I don't know. Um, resilience, being willing to start over. Yeah, I know what I was going to say was going to be, uh, you know, whenever I go into a new niche, you start having conversations, you write down the objections, and then you figure out the answer to those objections. And that, when I say figure out the answer to the objections, that doesn't mean trick somebody into saying yes. It means how do you solve that problem? Yeah. Right? Or right. You can think of it a lot of different ways. But if you can get used to that little cycle, then it doesn't matter what happens in the markets. It doesn't matter what happens in your sales sure. career. If you're a salesman, like I'm a salesman, I'm a marketer. I love it. I'm, I love it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like be willing to try a new idea, try a new niche, try a new thing, write down what people are saying so you can address it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You right? don't want to just wing it. Every yeah. Time. Don't just wing it. Every yeah. Time. That's, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a great point. Um, you know, and, uh, just another quick point is that if you do, like you said, if you do truly believe that what you are selling is yeah. a service that makes people's lives better yeah. it's going to make it much easier to probably to overcome objections right yeah absolutely. but if you're like ah you know i'm working for this company and i don't really believe in it and i don't even think the product is that great yeah. like you're already done yeah you're done you're right done. because you're not going to be able to sustain the energy and the positivity and if if you know you can't transfer the energy of certainty that's yeah. sales right yeah i'm certain I need to make you certain, not necessarily only in my product, but in me as yeah. well. And if, if your energy and what you're saying and how you're saying it doesn't, you know, uh, transfer that, like you're done. You're done. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm a strong believer of not trying to be something you're not, right? So I'm like, this is who I am. This is For who sure. I work. This is how I'm a salesman too, but you won't catch me making cold calls. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah. You know, not that I haven't tried it. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good on the phone. Yeah. It's just, I just can't. Yeah. I can't do it, man. You yeah. know, I, I, yeah. I, I should. Like, even like my mom is like, how come you never call me? You know? And I'm like, maybe it's just a resistance to phone calls. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, but we, we'll we'll talk after because that yeah. that's a specific skill that I would like some help. Like yeah. I needed to learn how to get better at doing that stuff and just yeah. like doing it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So yeah, I'm a systems guy too. So I I, I want to be clear right now. I'm not out there telemarketing very much at all. I mean, now the trick is, 
you know, follow up with the people that yeah. are, are interested in what I'm up to. Right? Well, and you're a funnels guy, right? Yeah, I'm a funnels guy. So, you, you know, you, you did tell, you know, you were in mortgage. Yes. And then tell me about, you know, the, the transformation over from you pounding the phones, building a team. And then yeah. now, I mean, you got a podcast. Yep. You're, you've got um, lots of great content. Yep. You've got uh, your own, you know, content funnel system. Yep. You've talked to Russell Brunson. Yep. You've got, I mean, you've done a lot. Like, you've really built yourself up. And, um, you know, funny enough, just to uh, to segue into this, I was in the car with one of my clients, a real estate agent, talking right. about making videos. and. You know, because I we I do video marketing, yeah. And she's just like, you know, I like I'm I'm not really good at the video stuff, and that's just not my wheelhouse. And I said, look, nowadays, you don't doesn't matter what you're doing, you are in media. Yes, you're in media. You're in media. Doesn't matter if you have a, a you know a, a yarn business. I just sell yarn. Well, actually, yeah, you do. But if you want to, you know, get out there and, and maximize your exposure, yeah, you're gonna have, you know, you're gonna have to learn how to speak. You're gonna have to be on. No, okay, you don't have to do anything, yes. guys. Okay, but as a consultant, these are the things that I see working. This is what I would suggest. And you know, the market doesn't care how comfortable we are about doing it. Doesn't care. If I worked everybody out in, in, in on that sales floor right now, they're all pounding calls. Yeah. And with all the marketing tech, all the marketing gadgets, all the tools and systems, those are all great. Yeah. Their primary, at Agent Elite, their primary uh, method of sales yeah. is phone calls. And I said, well, hey, maybe, you know, I don't know, like, I could probably do that. And they're like, well, you're going to make, you know, 200 cold calls a day? And I'm like, okay, all right, no, I'll, uh, I'll do something different. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, And that's, that's like me catching myself up. They're going to be like, hey, man, you know, we don't care about your feelings. Either you can or you're willing to or... You're not. Either one is okay. Yes. But so segue in. How, how did you get to the content and the, all that, the content funnels and everything? Yeah, I love it. Great question. I do want to say too, I walked in your office. Uh, this, your office yeah. is fairly big. Or I don't know, fairly big. I don't know, maybe there's uh, 20, 50 people in there yeah. right now. The energy is pumping in here. The energy is amazing. Yeah. I was like, wow. Again, people are on the phones. People are active. People are smiling. It's all positive energy. Like... What a what a cool operation! Thank you, you very cool. Here. Yeah, yeah. These these guys are um, these guys are awesome. I, I started working uh, with them, um, you know, about a year and a half ago, yeah. and uh, you know, I, I run marketing systems and I, I run this podcast, and yeah. you know, we our companies work in conjunction. But um, yeah, Agent Elite is the real deal. Uh, the 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 company culture is really big here. Yeah, and you can tell that when you walk in here. Yeah, I just got the chills. Literally, this is what I want to say. I have been on hundreds and hundreds of sales floors, been in tons and tons of, you know, sales offices, and rarely, rarely do I walk in one and I'm like, wow, this place is crackling, man, mm -hmm. and this there's good stuff happening here. I'm just telling you, like I was like, oh my god, thank you. That means awesome. a lot coming from you. Yeah, yeah, like, thank it's, you. It's cool. So. Yeah, I was like, man, I could work here. <laughs> you know, when you right. have that kind of a thought, it's like, this is fun. Um, but yeah, so I was super successful in home loans and and uh, and even when the market crashed in 2007, 2008, like I said, man, find the niche, get after it, be willing to hear the no's so then you can learn how to get to the yeses. Right, and I actually thrived and had some of my best years in home loans with Wells Fargo Home Mortgage during the market crash. 
I mean, it was crazy. Really? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I thrived through that. But, but fast forward to 2013, 2014, and um, I'd been through a divorce, uh, you know, another failed relationship. Um, you know, I, uh, I surprisingly had some money in the bank. I, I say surprisingly because I had money in the bank and I had enough money in the bank where where I had hit the level where money was no longer the motivator for me. Yeah, um, what a great place to get what, to. What a great place to get to. But it was also an existential crisis because I was like, oh, dang. Yeah. Like the ego wasn't in play as much. The, the need to build that pile wasn't in, is, wasn't in play as much. Um, so it kind of messed with my head. Um, but literally overnight, everything I was good at in home loans uh, became painful for me. Um, wow. Yep. I read, yeah, I read something um, in some of your content about you coming to the realization that money does not equal happiness. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And um, so what happened was uh, everything became painful in home loans. I was the, I, if you found me at a sales meeting here, like in your office, I'd have been the rah-rah guy. I'd have been like, let's get after it. If somebody would have been negative or poo-pooing what was going on, I would be like, you just need to go. Like, what are you even doing here? You know, like change your attitude. I found myself all of a sudden in mortgages, I became that person where I was kind of negative. Right? Really? Yeah. And you were still doing it. And I was still doing it because my identity was wrapped up in being successful mortgage guy, successful business guy, um, he, he, you know, <laughs> I just, my identity was wrapped up in it. And so what happened was, is I was divorced. Uh, my two boys were like nine and 12 or entering tweenhood or yeah. what have you. Tough and time to go through a divorce too. Tough time to go through a divorce. And, and I was suffering in mortgages and, uh, I had money in the bank and my identity was wrapped up in being successful in being um, in growing that pile of, of money and it's really like you know how do I say it like I would compare my pile of money to your imaginary pile of money <laughs> right and I'm like and I'm like I was like mine can't go down relative to what I think you've got right, right? like like I I, I, how do I say this? Like, you know, a lot of our Western culture is like, build, 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 save, 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 build, 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 oh, save, yeah. save, save, right? And well, I was it's, and it's, it's so, like, individualistic. Yeah. Especially out, I mean, we're, we're in Southern California. Yeah. I'm from Minnesota. Yeah. So when I moved out here and, like, you know, one, like, I showed up to my job, like, in a suit the first day. Yeah. And, like, everybody's looking at me like, uh, hello, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> yes. Is it, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, you know, I'm from the Midwest, you know, you got to dress up a little bit yes. more. But, um, you know, so I'm like, oh, cool. It's like laid back and everybody, you know, but, you know, it's your unique style and I love that. But then you see like the personalized license plates and then, you know, the high level entrepreneur events. Like I thought it was like a competition. Yeah. Well, I just got my brand new Mercedes, you know, like yeah. this new watch I got. I got more than, you, you know, like you can really see kind of the, the ego play out. Yeah. And so, like, I, you know, I was like, Joe, I'm going to be a businessman like that. And so then, yeah. I, you know, when you talk about playing a role, you know, and as, I mean, uh, as an alcohol, recovered alcoholic, you yeah. know, like, take away the alcohol. 
I'm a, a self-centered, frightened man. Yes. It's very easy to frighten. You can just walk up and ask me, how's it going <laughs> on, a, on a day? Yes. And that's enough. Well, what, do you, what, do you mean, what do you mean, how's it going? <laughs> yeah. How do I know? What do you see? Right, yeah, yeah you know, it's yeah. very easy to frighten me. Yeah. And so I was like, I got to be like this person. Got to be like that person. I got to take this personality. And, like, you know, like you, like you craft your own, like, mask. Yeah. Right? And then, yeah. but if you do that for too long, and it's really not in alignment with you, yeah. you start to get that fatigue. Yeah. And you know, then you get depression, then you get anxiety. Yeah. And without being able to use or drink, man, if we don't have something else, we're in trouble, right? Yeah. So I just, I love, I love how you tell that. And, and how like overnight, it seems like that just, boom, it just hits you. And when stuff like that happens to me, that's like my higher power, or yeah. I just call it God, because yeah. it's easier, saying, hey Misha, you were doing this, this was your path. Yeah. Um, now I'm going to flip everything. Yes. You're going to have to get divorced. You're going to have to go through pain. Yes. Your kids may be resentful that you're going to yes. have to work this out, that out. Yes. We've got to get you out of this business and move. And, you know, he didn't, he doesn't write us a note. Dear Misha, I'm going to make all these changes in your yes. life. You know, sincerely, God. That yes. just doesn't happen, right? It doesn't happen. And so we're like, what is all this? And you're freaking out. And so what, you know, how, how did it shift for you? Yeah. Great, great question. Um, and I, I want to add to what you said. Yeah. It's like we get to be of service. God, the universe, what have you, has got us being service one way, right? And it's almost like my egotistical defects of character were serving the universe, right? I was, I was serving. I was growing my family. I was being a mentor to people in the business. I was in recovery. People were gravitated towards me because I was successful, right? right? And... And so I got to I got to help people in recovery, right? And then overnight, like we talked about, God, universe, higher power, whatever is like, yeah, those defects of character, I'm stripping those away, and it freaking hurts, right? It's just like, oh, yeah. But so what happened was, is I stayed in home loans for about two years too long, white knuckling it. White knuckling it, and I was praying all the time, like God, what's next? Give me the next career. Give me the next career. What's the next thing for me to do, mm -hmm. career-wise, business-wise, right? And the signs were in front of me. It was like I had been talking a lot of crap about stay-at-home dads at that point too, sure. Right? And the universe was like Misha, whispering, "You need to be a stay-at-home dad." <laughs> Isn't that you funny? You need to be a stay-at-home dad. What do you hate right? the most? Oh, okay, well, that's, that's what you need to that's do. That's what you need to do, <laughs> right? And and so I did, I went through this program. The guy's name is Kyle Cease. Everybody should Google Kyle Cease. Kyle Cease. Kyle Cease. Okay. He's amazing. And, and he uh, had me do, I joined this higher-level program, Masterminds. I, I love that kind of stuff. Like, anytime we can invest in coaches yep, or, me too. or any of that. Value like, of coaching. Like lean in, right? Yeah, so... He had me do a bunch of exercises, and one of them was literally write down a hundred things you love, hundred things you know, hundred things you understand, and a hundred something else. Right, and mm -hmm. the first twenty-five of those things are super easy. What do I love? Pizza, uh, women with long flowing hair, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, my kids or whatever. But you sure. start you start digging deep. Like, what are the things that I love? What are the things that I know? Like. Oh, I know the sun rises in the west and set, or rises in the east, sets in the west. But like, what are deeper things that I know? But basically, it came down to I did all these exercises and some other stuff, and it was like, oh my gosh, I love that morning 
meditation and that cup of coffee. I love that quiet time. I love getting my kids to school. So was this I like was this writing them out over a period of time? So no. Like, so just sit down. Sit down. Hundred. 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 Gotcha. Right. Like. Like all grind the time. it out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you could go back to it because it takes a while. So I did it over two or three or four days. Sure. And it was was a lot. I mean, that's a lot of work. Yeah. For me, it was a lot of work. Maybe for someone else, it'd be super easy. But I like a lot of what I loved was like at the time I had started uh, reading in my younger son Waylon's classes. Right. I think he was in you know, third or fourth, fifth, sixth grade, whatever it was, and I would go in there and read, you know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or whatever the books were, right? And and um, divorced single dad and uh, things that I love, like making the kids lunches, getting them to school, uh, all these things. And it, I, it hit me. It's like, oh my God. Like literally overnight, I need... I need to use these resources that I have in the bank to live on and support my boys and be there 100% for them through school, quit my job, get them through wow. school, get them into college, right? Next day, I went to my boss and it, it, I can't even remember where I was working in home loans, but I was like, hey man, I, I quit. And he's like, I still had a great reputation and still was doing yeah. enough business. You can still feel like crap and be good at what you do. Yeah. Right. So he's like, we'll match whatever offer you're getting. And I said, no, you don't understand. Like, I'm done. I quit. I'm retiring. And he goes, he goes, literally, I'll never forget it. He goes, gosh, I wish I could do that too. Uh, <laughs> see? The, the, the certainty about that? that yeah. You're like, no, you don't, you don't yeah. get it. Like, this is a, a transformation. Yeah. And he's, oh, man, I wish I could do that. Yeah, right? So anyway, so I, I, I quit, and my full-time job became getting those kids ready for school, getting them to school, helping them with their homework, those sorts of things. Um Literally any time I selfishly was like, I'm going to work on this project or something like big career-wise or entrepreneurial-wise, the universe was like, smack me on the side of the head. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, no, your number one priority is to be there for those boys. And I'll tell you some of the sweetest moments I had where I knew I was doing the right thing is I would be sitting there at home in the living room and my boys would open their doors and they would look out of their room, see I was there, and they knew they were okay. They'd close the door and go back to doing whatever they were doing. Like, literally, my job was just to be there and be available, mm -hmm. right? And um, so I'm going through that process, started teaching a bunch of yoga, which was super fun. Uh, I, I, you know, being a yoga teacher gives you flexibility to raise your boys, right? So I was doing a bunch of that. You were a yoga teacher as well. Yeah. Wow. Um, You're a bit of an overachiever there. <laughs> yes. I stopped teaching yoga, but I was a yoga Very teacher. Cool. But yeah, yeah, a bit of an overachiever. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to do nothing sometimes. But, uh, the hardest thing in the world sometimes. The world. Yeah. So uh, as my boys started getting closer to being out of school and all that, I intuitively knew, hey, as soon as my boys are effectively out of the house 
new entrepreneurial endeavors are gonna materialize right like trust the universe trust the path trusting god clean house work with others right and and so i just settled in and was like all right my time to be an entrepreneur to be a marketer to be a salesman will come again right but just how old were you at this point Gosh, I was what mid forties. Man, we gotta have a we gotta have a conversation there. I'm seeing so many parallels in yeah. your my life right now. Like it's it's pretty scary. Yeah, so it, this is really cool. Okay, yeah, so you're okay. mid forties, yeah. and it's kind of like this identity crisis. Absolutely, uh, PTSD. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing anymore, and you're kind of like just at God's or the universe's beck and call like yes. you're doing this and you have to be tuned into that intuition yes enough to follow it yes and you do I, and I do and yeah and I'll give you one really cool little story within that time of just you know raising my boys and teaching yoga uh, was I had referred uh, a friend of mine a couple of young guys who were in recovery to a mortgage company I, I know the guy's got a mortgage company he's in recovery and I was like hey these two guys are good guys they're hungry they want to get after it they're in the business so they go get jobs at the mortgage company I get a call one day and he's like hey we're gonna fire this kid tomorrow unless you want to come in and mentor him right and we'll pay you to do it but like see what you want to see what you can do for this guy and I was like all right God like what's up you want me to serve here or what yeah for three months like let's get this guy back on his feet so I went in three-month contract you know coached this kid up he's crushing it now this was four or five years ago too right and now he's got a great career um, but literally as soon as that three months were done and I thought I'm gonna get back into the loan business and keep in mind at this point it is raining money in loans, right? Like it's, yeah, it's just yeah. raining money. Oh, you'd like a home loan? Okay, do you have a pulse? Yeah. Okay, here you go, sign here. Yeah, and like <laughs> rates are down and refis and this and that, and I'm freaking good at the business. And so I was like, yeah. Yeah, you were, you were good when it was hard. Yeah. And if you're good when it's hard, yeah. maybe when everything's rolling, it's, it's on, right? Yeah, and the universe was like, nope. You made it so the moment I thought, well, maybe I'll get back to work and mortgages. The universe was just like, crack. No, you won't, man. You served this kid. You mentored him up. You know, now 100% focus back on your boys. And so anyway, fast forward. Uh, one of my sons moves out. Uh, you know, he's a good kid. We're, we're great friends. Uh, but he moves out, graduates high school, you know, uh, uh, it's like I, I'm, I'm on to I'm on to my life. Fantastic. My other son is getting ready to graduate. The universe is like, all right, you know, I basically my at the time, you know, my senior, my last son. I have two boys, mm -hmm. so the the youngest one is a senior. He's got a girlfriend. He's got a job. He he knows what he's doing. He needs almost no oversight from me. Literally, the universe was like, okay. Here, here's your new entrepreneurial path, right? Sure. And so... Also, I'll bet the attention and uh, your, you know, just being of service to your boys, making that number one, yeah. probably, um, you know, added to his ability to be like that. Yeah. You know, you just being so fully present. I mean, kids are, you know, little antennas. They, they yeah. see stuff from yeah. you and they're like, oh, they just pick it up. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'll say this, too, that was really cool. This is a little bit off topic, but I went through this phase where, figure if you look at the arc of my life, you know, my young years, I was I was taking in more emotions than I was letting out. Mm-hmm. Right? Somewhere along the way, maybe in my 30s or late 20s, I finally figure out how to start kind of healthily dealing with my emotions. Mm-hmm. And so I'm letting out as much emotions as I'm taking in. Does that make sense? So, what I'm well, that? it makes perfect sense to me. Okay. But for to somebody that may not do this kind of work, yeah. how were you safely letting those emotions out? Yeah, yeah, right? So it's like... And then why is that beneficial for people to do? Yeah, great question, right? So I found myself like overreacting in lots of situations and perhaps yelling and before I could justify it by I'm a kick-ass sales guy, I'm a closer, whatever, right? I can treat people however I'm <laughs> Yeah, right? And like, you're like, no cold brew at Starbucks? <laughs> Raw! <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Or like, you know, and it's like, I was, I'm generally speaking, most people who know me, we're, it's nuanced, right? So they weren't like, my God, you were an animal. No. But right. it, it's nuanced to to what what's, what are we okay with. Sure. Right? You got it. And, yep, that makes sense. And I found with my boys, I would, over, I would overreact and the punishment didn't fit the crime. Right? Like my raising my voice or... Mm. Or getting... Right? It was, it was like, oh, you didn't get your homework done? Like... Or we're fighting about getting your homework done. Mm. It's like that, that, these things. And I really was very aware of like, mm, like, like I've got, I've got emotions that I need to deal with and process because this is not making sense. Right. Right. And, and then if you think about it, we're told a lot, and I believe this 100%, there's this idea that, uh, Anger all comes from fear. Mm-hmm. Okay? I've actually boiled that down in my own life. Good. I've yeah. listed out every single thing I'm afraid of. Yeah. And I don't mean like, you know, I'm afraid of death. I mean like spiders, like everything. Yes. And then you go through, you know, well, why are you afraid of that? What do you think is going to happen? When you yeah. boil it down, personally in my life, it's fear of rejection. Yeah. So if you knew who I really was, yeah. you're not going to love me. Yeah. Um, and, uh, fear of, uh, I mean, pretty much the same thing is just fear of being alone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're going to either reject me or I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. And you know, no, it's, nobody's really going to love me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Scared of spiders. Here's why you're afraid that nobody's ever going to love you. Like, what? <laughs> but, but so continue. I didn't mean to, to, to no, no. interrupt you. But. I, I love it. Uh, I, so I started thinking about why do I get so angry when my son is struggling with his homework? And, it, and I hate to admit this, but like it got to be very compulsive, addictive behavior, my emotional outburst towards my son, mm-hmm. right? So I would say, I'd say, son, Waylon's his name, I'd say, Waylon, I swear this time I won't yell at you. I swear I won't yell at you. I won't overreact. Let's let's try and get your homework done. He'd say, okay. And then, you know, he, he wasn't gelling with homework or school yet, right? And and so I would end up just yelling and raging. And, and he would, you know, sometimes I'd be crying and like, Dad, all I need is a hug. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, 
like this just doesn't make sense right and and so the next time I'd be like Waylon I swear I won't yell <laughs> I swear yeah. and I would yell again and so I really was like okay man like what's this if anger's fear like what, what am I of? what am I scared of and I'll just cut to the chase super quick it was completely selfish like as a successful business guy or what have you, salesman, like I wanted to be able to say, my boys have scholarships. Like inevitably yeah. in, you know, when you got kids, someone says, oh, what do your kids do? I take that as, oh, they're, you know, I want to be able to say, oh, they're the star football player. They're the star soccer player. Mm-hmm. They're great at swimming. Yeah. They're, you know, they're, they're working my on their son, scholarships. My to Harvard. Harvard. Yeah, of course. Right. Of course. And, and I was like, is it, am I really that concerned about how they reflect on me? And like that, to that degree and that selfishly, mm-hmm. like I think that I know what they need to I, do. Dude, I that, no, that, that what, what you, what you just said right there, you know, um, grow, I mean, I was like a hypersensitive child growing yeah. up and I used to hate it if somebody had a sharp tongue yeah or when I was a little boy yeah you know and like my older sister totally different she was yeah. like somebody would like yell at her and she'd be like oh, whatever what's your yeah problem? but like I would just melt yes so if somebody would snap or yell at me I would immediately I would just melt and I was like yeah. you know I'm never gonna treat my daughter that way I yeah. I'm never gonna do it and I, I ended up doing it yeah and I did it for a long time and sometimes I still do yeah sometimes I'll, I you know I get to a point and I will just snap and I'm yelling and then, you know, I always apologize after, but my God, like, it is just, I, I just can't believe that how, like, the thing you hated the most, you, <laughs> you, we become, you do that. We do it. It's so crazy. And like, no, my childhood was great. Yeah. Like nobody, you know, nobody ever abused me or anything like that, but yeah. you know, it's subjective, right? There's these little things that happen and kids experiencing them different and um, and your kid, you know, your son just saying, I need a hug. Like, yeah. I have times with my daughter when she's spazzing out and she's really upset. And, like, we're, like, we're going at it. Yeah. And I have to stop and go grab her. And as combative as she is, and I just look at her and be like, look, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay, you know. And yeah. she's like, no, it's not. You know, she's super mad. And then eventually she'll just collapse, yeah. give me a hug. And then, you know, you can talk to him. Yeah. But for me, that's, you know, I got one kid. And I got, you know, I just need to do this right. Like, I got to make sure I'm doing this right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I, everybody, I'm, I'm a good dad. Yeah. Everybody needs to know I'm a good father. Yes. You know? Yeah. It's, so I, I totally resonate with that. Yeah. I'll tell you two great prayers that I learned, or that sort of came to me from my boys, because my boys were very different. They needed two styles of parenting, right? Um, and I came from, I grew up in Jackson, Wyoming, Wild West mm. in the 70s. Yeah, you can still carry guns in, uh, around there uh, in the open, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah. and you know, single dad, yeah. uh, like latchkey kid, which means the TV was your, sure. was your, was your parent. Um, but I had zero guardrails. Like my guardrails were massive. I could shoot guns and do whatever For I sure. wanted and yeah. do whatever. And so my older son, I gave him guardrails like this, mm-hmm. and I felt like I'm really giving him these guardrails. And 
well, yeah, relative to the absolute zero guardrails that I grew up with, I had given him a little bit of guardrails, but it wasn't enough for him in particular. My younger one needed more flexibility, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I was conflicted on how, on, 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 on how to parent each of them, right? And like I said, when I realized that selfishly I want my boys to be successful and, and, and also, if you think of it this way, like, I, I don't want to be financially responsible for him anymore, right? So that's a selfish <laughs> No thing, boomerangs, right? okay? Yeah. When you're 25, you ain't coming back yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, right? And so I'm selfishly, I got financial insecurity. Uh, I'm worried about how, what other people are going to think about them. Sure. Um, also, if oh you my think God, about it. Oh, my God, that's such a big one. Like, all the other parents... Well, I know when you got the birthday party, I want to yeah. make sure the other parents know that you know I'm my <laughs> yeah. kids well behaved. Man, like, man, right? It just resonates so yeah. much. And this one's a stretch, but I truly 100% believe this. Like, I don't want my kids to break his arm, their arms, or break a leg, or do or crack their melon. Right? Why? And I'd be like, why? Truly, why? Well, if they are in pain, that emotionally hurts me selfishly i don't want to feel emotional pain right i can be like oh i don't want to see yeah. you suffer because i care about right. you but well if we perhaps layer it back it's like actually i don't want to deal with it right right i don't want to have yeah to go through that out. emotional way yeah I like if you ran in the street when you were a kid yeah and when you got in and your dad was like you know how oh, dare like just super angry and yeah. frustrated maybe you got a spanking or whatnot and it yeah. wasn't for anything that you did but it was for the fear that he could have lost you. Yeah. And that comes out as anger. It comes out as anger. Fear of loss. Fear of loss. That's a big one. Yeah. So, I, I, so yeah, selfishly, like, I don't want to take you to the hospital. Time constraints. I don't want to have to deal with the, the health care system, which I, I'm lucky to be generally healthy, so I rarely need to deal with the health care yeah. system, so it freaks me out. Um, I don't want to have to pay the bills, blah, 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 right? Um so anyway, I was like, all right, two things. One, I realized I don't know what my boys need to go through to get to where they need to be. Yeah, sure don't. Right? And we can't map that out for and them. And we can't map that out for them. And I'm not saying kids don't need discipline or these sorts of things, but it's like, I was like, okay, God, how can I support your path for Cooper setting aside my own selfish wants, desires, and fears? Like, like, what do you want me to do to support my son, to help him on his journey? And then being open to what those answers are. So for my older one, it was like, yeah, you're going to have to have some serious guardrails and take their cell phones, take his cell phone when he breaks that rule. And that can be a hard thing to do, man. When you take your kid's cell phones, they don't like it. Yeah. And it adds responsibility as a parent. All of a sudden, you know, like you gotta maybe be more attentive to their needs because yeah. they aren't able to just cell phone it away or yeah. come get me or this. Like, you gotta plan yeah. a little bit more. You got, right? And I was like, man, I don't want to do that. I'd rather have them have their cell phone. It's like, no, you gotta man up. Perhaps you gotta start drug testing your kids. Like, I don't want to drug test my kids. Who the hell wants to do that? That's a hard conversation. Here, son, piss in this cup right. once a week and randomly. Yeah. Right? Not saying that that did or did not happen. Yeah. But that that can be. I was like, yeah. It's it's emotional labor for it's us a, as parents. Yeah. If so I got to take my daughter's tablet away. Yeah. Sure, that's going to be good, but it's going to be yeah. hell's going to break loose for a while. 
Yeah. And that's going to derail my day and my productivity. And man, you know, honestly, it would just be a lot easier if I just let this one slide and yeah. didn't address it. And Yeah. And so for Waylon, who the school was a struggle, my older one took the school, skid at it, knew the rules, knew the boundaries. Like he... he is he the one that had needed more flexibility? Or no, he no. Like, he needed more... Gotcha. He needed more um, guardrails. Yeah. Um, Waylon, my younger one, was like, hey, God, how can I support your path for Waylon setting aside my own selfish wants, desires, and fears? And it was like, you need to give him space to, to kind of figure out how school works, and maybe that's going to reflect in bad grades for a little bit, right? And, and support him but it doesn't have to be a battle like support him enough to help him you know like not fail but like give him some latitude to, to work it out and I'll never forget the day where it was like a couple years later he literally walked through the door and was like dad school makes sense to me I finally get it <laughs> and he started you know doing great from there doing great whatever that means um uh but it was like and he's like sorry it was really funny he's like sorry i was such a pain in the ass about it before and i was like it is okay but right i just needed to like back off give him some latitude it didn't need to be a fight like trust him and his ability to to like sort it out and see how it works does that does that make sense oh, it makes total sense yeah um it's very difficult to do yeah 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 um, that ain't easy. It's, that like, ain't it's easy. like if your kid, you know, if you're, a, let's say you're a doctor and your dad was a doctor and your grandfather was a doctor and then you want your son to be a doctor and your son yeah. says, I don't want to be a doctor. I'm not interested in being a doctor. I don't, you know, I, I want to be an artist or I yeah. want to, you know, I want to be a poet. Yeah. And then you're like, what? No, no, no. I do something practical. Yeah. You're not going to make any money. That's, yeah. you know, that's just not, it's not going to be a good life for you, son. And then you force him into being a doctor and then guess what? He's a doctor for a while, but he's miserable. He hates it, and that comes out in other ugly ways: resentment, anger towards family, and you know, frustration, yeah. health problems. Because believe it or not, emotions are you know your your emotions are a huge contributor to physical the physical manifestation of health problems. Yeah. And then guess what? Twenty years down the line, fuck you, dad. I never wanted to be a doctor. I hate you. You ruined my life. Right. I, I know it's crazy. I literally still see people today, parents that are like, my damn 30 year old or 40 year old. And I'm like, what are you even talking about? Right? Like, are you, you're still that vested in, in, yeah. in, gotta let you, you gotta let them have their own life, man. Yeah. And I, <laughs> my dad, my dad, if I was going to do something, my, my dad allowed me to, one of the things I appreciate most about my dad yeah. is he allowed me to, any styles I'm like, you know, he's like, uh, you know, the, you sure you want to wear your pants like that? And I was like, yeah, this is a styles so we're gonna, okay, you know, whatever. I'm gonna yeah. get you the, you know, pants that look like, you know, five times too big. <laughs> right. Oh and one, or, you know, I'd be doing some stuff I shouldn't be doing. And my dad would say, look, uh, you know, uh, if you want to do that, that's your decision. But here are the things that may happen if you do. Yeah. And I just want to tell you this because I've been around longer than you. Yeah. And I understand some of this stuff. So. This could happen, that could happen, this could happen. So before you make a decision, I want you, you know, first, afterwards, like, don't come to me and be like, oh, dad, like this, I did that and this, I just, I'm telling you now. But I'm, you know, I can't stop you. Yeah. So go ahead and do it. But, you know, 
there may be some consequences. Yeah. You know, and my mom was kind of like that. Like, they kind of, like, let me explore. Like, oh, yeah, Max is, like, hanging out with these kids now, and he's doing that stuff now. Yeah. Uh, you know, consequently, by doing that, I would kind of, like, come to the right conclusion on my own. Yeah. After thinking about it. Yeah. But, you know, the minute, like, somebody's like, you can't do Like, I'm an alcoholic, okay? Yeah. You tell me I can't do something, that's the first thing I'm going to go do. Yeah. I'll shoot right. you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, like, they, they kind of gave me, you know, a wide berth on some of that stuff. And, um, I don't know, I appreciate both my parents for, for allowing, and I was, I'm a, like, I'm a musician. This, I was not, I didn't want to become a, a sales guy or a marketer. Yeah. You know, I got a band, we toured the country. Oh. That's why I moved here to San Diego, you yeah. know, Southern California. And like, I was harping on that and, you know, like people make comments, like, hey, you know, maybe have another skill. Like, hey, son, I know, do that. Like, follow your passion, follow your dreams, but have another marketable skill maybe that, you know, in case uh, this isn't working, you can fall back. Fall back or, or bring in money to support that. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So they did that, and they always supported me. You know, my mom bought me my first guitar. They always were like, yeah, like, this yeah. is so cool. My son's in a band. He's like, you know, he's a songwriter. He's passionate about Because they saw that passion in me. Yeah. You know, you can't kill your kid's passion. Right? Right. We can try, but we can't. <laughs> right. If he wants, you know, they want to be a, a, a you know, a, play their guitar on the beach because that's what they want to do, then hey, look, uh, you know, that's what they're going to do. Yeah. You got to let them come to the conclusion that perhaps this is great, but I'd also like to do something else. That's why I tell my daughter, like, just go try it. Try soccer. Try, try BMX. Yeah. Try this. Try that. And right now, all she wants to do is play her damn tablet. Yeah. So we're we're working on that. But yeah. try it. Try it. Try it out. Test and try. Love it. Yeah. Love it. So good. Um, yeah. I. Uh, you know, fast forward. Boys getting through school. As I said, uh, Cooper had moved out. Waylon's. You know, got school. Doing great. Got his job. He's a senior. Got his girlfriend. And. Uh, and uh, the universe was like, it's time for next for you. And, and uh, so stay at home dad period has now come to a close. Effectively. Gotcha. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so I stumble across, uh, you know, Russell Brunson. I got a ton of stories around that, but basically I stumble across Russell Brunson. He's a genius online marketer. And, and I was like, I'm not going back into home loans, not my destiny. Um, but like, I want to figure out this online marketing game, you know, looks like fun to me. And, uh, and yeah, so I started a podcast, <laughs> you know, three years ago, actually November is the three year anniversary of it. Uh, started the podcast. I called it bitch slap the accelerated path to peace because at the time, you know, I had been, you know, bitch slapped by the universe so many times through my life and it's like resiliency reinvention totally. all these things totally. right and like when we get that smack from the universe do we use it as a as a tool to learn and grow and change and 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 thrive or do we you know wither up and and uh and and, and fall away yeah uh but yeah so i started i started that podcast and started interviewing people and looking for people that had had, uh, you know, those bitch slap moments in their life, and just started talking about a lot of spiritual concepts, and 
and, and that sort of thing, and really thought that my destiny in the online marketing world was going to be like, uh, you know, Eckhart Tolle-ish or something sure. like that. Yeah, personal right? development. Personal development. Yeah, and Eckhart, Eckhart Tolle, is, like the power of now completely shifted my whole perception of yeah. life. It's a very powerful book. Yeah. Very powerful. He's got some really good stuff. Yeah. And so I started heading that direction and somewhere along the line it became clear it was like like wait a minute i've got all these old school sales this old school sales skill set telemarketing direct mail scripts on you know scripts like scripting yeah and this is before ai folks yes all right (laughs) he wasn't just typing it in the chat gpt this guy's the real deal he was he was writing the effective sales copy right (laughs) right absolutely and i I love chat gpt me too all the time i use it every day yeah right every day and uh it became clear that uh that i could serve you know heart-centered entrepreneurs and when i say heart-centered entrepreneurs i mean entrepreneurs that are like all right they're 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 trying to move from that heart center and 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 serve that way versus like being strictly money motivated or or hey bro or or you know so when i say that a lot of people are like oh yoga teachers or this or that well of course yoga teachers healers fit into that but there's time like i'm a heart-centered entrepreneur i'm here to help you get more leads, you know, grow your income, grow your impact, your authority. How are we going to do that, right? Well, I'm going to show you how to script. I'm going to show you how to get on podcasts. I'm going to show you how to, you know, get a good call to action. Go to badzuck.com. All your questions will be answered, right? Like how, how can I help that person you know, market kind of like you. Does that make sense I a little love bit? That. No, yeah. it, we're, we're like you know, uh, I'm I love heart centered entrepreneur. Yeah, that's that's exactly um, how I am. That's exactly how I feel. And full transparency and vulnerability. Yeah. you're the, the kind of guy that I think that you know could help me out a lot. Yeah, because you know I started my own company. I quit my corporate job. Yeah, uh, I was working you know high level uh, marketing. Um, you know, director positions for real estate companies, escrow companies, yeah. things like that. And I got to the point where, you know, I just, I couldn't, and I remember talking with my sponsor about this. I'm like, he's like, you know, Max, maybe you're just at a point now where you just can't work for anybody. Mm-hmm. Like you, you got to do your own thing. Yeah. And it's specifically because corporate America and the guidelines and lifestyle of recovery do not sync up. <laughs> It's hard. The first time I made amends to my boss, he was like, "Are you like, are you okay? You know, because what do we do? Right past the well. Hey, it's not my fault if Emily hadn't emailed you with this. Hey, I didn't do it, right? I'm like, hey man, look, I I fucked up. I am so sorry. This is not going to happen again. What can I do to make it better? Do you know that they're like, oh, oh, okay, well. Geez, well, thank you. you know, like, well, thank you, because you don't see that. So that's huge for me. Like I, I am, I'm trying to grow my business. I'm trying, you know, and and I'm. I feel like there's so many the gimmicks and the content and the my system and your system and this system and you know AI, 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 disruption, 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 yeah. all this stuff. And it's been it's been really hard for me to get a grasp on. You know, like I I got a daughter. I'm. Uh, 
a CEO. Now look at me. Look at me. I'm a CEO, bro. Yeah. But like, I'm not getting the income that I want. Yeah. I don't, you know, and, and it's, it's scary. Yeah. And it is stressful. Yeah. But still, when I sit quiet and I listen to God, I know effectively is like, you're doing good. Like, yeah. this is where you're supposed to be. Yeah. So that, what is that? And that's heart centered. Yeah. Right? Yes. So, I mean, I could go get a sales job, probably make up, you know, I, I mean, I've been like so many times during the day, like you, you could ask my girlfriend about this cause she's all, you know, she's the more level headed one and yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, you know, manic and I catastrophize. Yeah. Oh, uh, honey, I lost a client. Everybody's going to ditch me. In yes. three weeks, I'm going to be homeless. Yes. Glenn's going to grow up and be like, my dad was such a bum. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Right. And she's yeah. like, look, you know, like it's just money. You're going to find another client, but you know, I'm, I'm just going to go work as a marketing director. I'll get paid like you know, $150,000 yes. a year, which I could do. Yes. But every time I think about that, something happens or I don't get any responses back. Yes. I'm like, oh, you know, your credentials are impressive, but we're going to choose. So it's like, if God doesn't want you to, to go down a certain path and you keep trying, eventually he's going to make it impossible. Yeah. And so like, now I know I'm like, okay, like. You know, I wanted to be a famous rock star. I really wanted, that was my dream to do that. My dream to do that. And guess what? I'm still doing it. I'm still playing on stage. Yeah. But my viewpoint of what, that was an ego thing. Yes. I want everybody to know I'm good. Yes. You know? And so, like, I'm still doing that and that's there. But, like, this is like, no, man. Like, you gotta, you, 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 you help other people who are on the same journey as you, yeah. but they're a little bit behind you or maybe way behind yeah. you, which is the same spiritual principle as recovery, yep. right? And fellowship and working yep. with others. That's what I want to do. Yeah. But I, I have not, it's like I, I'm trying to fit myself into the groove and like it just hasn't quite caught on yet. Yeah. So that's why this has been such a, such a cool conversation. Yeah. So how did you grow your content? For, like how did, you know, and like how do you, who do you help? Yeah, great question. So, so, you know, fast forward, like I, I, the first thing I did, and I need to make this funnel live again, I did a summit called the Tools for a Good Life Summit, where basically it was like, hey, geared towards, uh, you know, people in midlife crisis, right? And like, we're used to pulling ourselves up from a boost strap, sure. muscling our yeah. way through it. So was the entry form like... Did you just get a girlfriend half your age? Yes or no? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you just right. buy a Maserati? Oh God, yes right? or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you wearing clothes that guys 20 years younger than you are wearing? Yes, <laughs> yes or no? Right. You may qualify. You may qualify. <laughs> right? Or is your Bumble profile, you know, are they, uh, who am I looking for? 25 to 35, yeah. right? 25 <laughs> to 35. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mine is usually like, you know, uh, or especially back when I was drinking, you know, yeah. like, uh, you know, uh, 20, 21 to 25 year old women with uh, low self esteem and daddy issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh you, get a little, you get a little clearer after doing that so long, and then it's like, yeah. maybe I ought to, like, you know, choose something different. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah. you, you did that. Yeah, you yeah. Launched this funnel. And it went great, right? And very clearly, like, people launch summit funnels all the time, mm. uh, you know, where you bring in all these speakers, right? And then, um, you know, people register and you're building your email list so you right. can market your email right. list. That's the theory behind it, right? What happens is a lot of people will, will, will do these summits and then um, 
they don't do the follow-up to get the speakers to market, right? They're like, oh, the speaker is naturally going to want to market. No, they don't. They're busy, right? And so my gift of follow-up, 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 of scripting, of making, of, of templating a text that every day I was like, I was like to all the speakers, like, here's what you can cut and paste into your social media, market my thing. Here's the email that you need to send, right? And I just was relentless with it, right? My old school marketing follow-up, follow-up, follow-up. I script everything. I template everything. Bam. Do you like fuse the old school with the new school? No. Which is interesting because one of the things, you know, when I talk, you know, I'm a... a I'm something of a social media guru. Yes. Okay. No, just kidding. But you know, I, I know I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And um, you know, when people talk to me about social media and online visibility and things like that, and they're like, "Well, you know, I'm I'm like posting stuff, um, but like nothing's happening." Yeah. And I always say, like, look, like, social media is just like a sales phone call. Yeah. But you're doing it with a different medium. Yeah, you have to engage with them as well. Yes. You gotta like their stuff. Yes. You gotta know about them. So if you just post something and you're expecting like just leads to come in, unless you're throwing you know big budget at like that's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. You need to add value, 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 value. Then you ask something. Yeah. And if you if you don't know somebody, you can't really add any value. To them. Right. Right. It's so interesting. I I uh, I'm all about podcasting. I'm all about. I bring people on what's called an influence tour, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, hey, let's get you started guest speaking on podcasts. Great. Now, what sort of affiliate partnerships can you do? What sort of JVs can you do? Uh, what YouTube shows can we sign me up on? for an influence tour? Yeah, that, right? that's amazing. Yeah, that's that's unique too. I haven't yeah. heard anybody like, you know, kind of productize that experience before in such a, I don't know. It's like a kind of a nuanced sort of way yeah right like you yeah. hear a lot of people say well let's get you on podcast or yeah. let's get you but like to actually have like kind of a product like this is called an influence tour it's my thing and you're, that's yeah. really cool yeah yeah that's really cool yeah and you can go to badzuck.com by the way and check it out and sign up badzuck.com badzuck.com when's the cage match between you and him <laughs> yeah right misha versus zuck are you up for that <laughs> just kidding I, I didn't say that bad zuck related to him no, oh, yeah. Way. <laughs> that yeah, was his stretch. If he sees mine. me on the street, he's like, hey, I don't know this guy. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I, I have more stories around URLs and things like that. But, um, you know, I've been in effectively in online marketing for a good five years now. Mm -hmm. I've paid over $150,000 in, in high-end coaching and doing summits. And, and, like, I've been in the game learning, right? And I see so many entrepreneurs fail by starting with social media and, and, and paying for online uh, ads and things like that, right? And, and you talked about it. A lot of people are on a shoestring budget, and they're trying to figure out their marketing angle and all this stuff by yeah. buying social media. Yeah. They run out of money before yeah. they can figure it out, right? Yeah. And, and so I had this epiphany. Uh, where I was like, oh my, and what happened was two things happened. So I, I quickly realized that like, no, I love entrepreneurship. I love marketing. I'm going to bring my mindfulness, my recovery lens into this world. God, I love that, man. Yeah. And, and so what I started doing was I, I'm really good at, uh, 
uh, uh, asking questions and getting people to, you know, give me the truth. Sure, yeah, open up. Open up. Make a connection. Yeah, so I started getting video testimonials for online marketers, right? And I literally got paid to fly around the world to go to Ireland to interview all these uh, entrepreneurs that are mastermind. I've been flown to Colorado. I, like, I was getting video. Wow. Yeah, and, and I realized that, oh my God, people are horrible at telling their stories. Like, I'm interviewing, I'm getting testimonials, which are powerful. Everybody yeah, you, should you're be the getting, testimonial guy. guy exactly. I'm talking the testimonial guy here. Yeah. If you need video testimony, testimonials, yeah, yeah, listen up. Right? So I was getting video testimonials for people, but at the same time, they started paying me to interview other people. So I would interview entrepreneurs, and I would, I would, I would say, okay, you know, tell me your story, la, la, la. And I'd be like, who's your favorite customer? And they're like, oh, they have to think about it. Or I'm, the actual question was, what's your favorite customer success story, right? So I could, I'd ask you, hey, what's your favorite customer success story, right? Because sure. if we can tell our business through our customers' eyes, success, right? So for example, R- got, real quick before you yeah, say that, yeah, riddle me this real quick. Yeah, this is a big one. This is a yeah. problem that I faced. At the beginning of my journey, yeah. How do you ask that question to somebody if they don't have a customer that, if they've never had a customer? Such a great. How the hell do you prove that you know what you're doing if you don't have any track record that you know what you're doing? That's such a great question. So Russell Brunson likes to say, "Work for free," and then get that testimonial. So if you have a thesis of how you can help somebody, right? I had a thesis of, man, people need help getting their customer testimonials. And I bet that I could, I'm a good interviewer, because at this point I've interviewed all these people for my podcasts. I've helped, I've spoken at thousands of recovery meetings, right? Good I've, for you, man. I've, uh, hey, man, that's, that's how I got over my fear of public speaking. Yeah. Speaking at AA meetings. Yeah, right? Uh, I, I was like, man, I can help people get their customer stories in a poignant, amazing, heart-centered, authentic way where, you know, so much of it is hype, right? And I was like, that's, that's not who I'm looking for. I want the true emotional story, mm-hmm. right? And, and I was like, I bet I could help people get these for their customers, and I bet I could get them to tell stories in it that authentic story is gonna be powerful. So I went to people and was like, I'll get these for you for free, right? And then and then, sure enough, it worked. And then, you know, next thing you know, Rafi and Sarah are paying me to go to their presentation mm-hmm. in front of, I don't know how many, 500 people, and then interview all the people at the end of, their customers at the end of the presentation, right? And they're telling me, oh my God, right? Like this is amazing content that we can use in our funnels, that we can use as uh, you know support to help us sell. The other thing too, they were like, oh my God, we had no idea how much, how powerful we were, how impactful we were, right? Because I'm getting, they've just given a, you know, a presentation to I don't know how many people, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people, mm-hmm. and I'm pulling them to the side after and saying, hey, you know, like what was your experience? Ask them all these questions. And, they're 
saying how Rafi and Sarah just transformed their lives in that moment. And Rafi and Sarah all of a sudden have this on video and they're like... powerful stuff. Social proof is so powerful. Well, and it's so powerful to help you. They're like, hey, we want to get on more stages. Mm -hmm. So we want... We want you to, you know, basically get the 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 audience experience, so mm-hmm. we can show people that hire people to speak, right? That we know what we're doing, yeah, right. So I got all that content for them authentically. Rafi and so why does that sound so familiar? Um, they do, they do. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> there's a band called Keegan and Sarah. Maybe it's there. There is, or maybe yeah. it's Rafi. Yeah, maybe Beluga. And the name goes out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, all of a sudden, um, they're getting their own validation of like, oh my God. We are, we, we are yeah, good. That's it, man. And they're like, holy crap. Yeah. Right? And then, so like if their ego was a person, you're yeah. like feeding it delicious Absolutely. cheeseburgers. Right? Yeah. And then that, you know, just, may, and then, in, and not in a good way. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. They real, so in, in, a, in a way, you're helping... You're documenting the impact that yeah. is made in real time. Yes. And then you are showing the people who made who made the impact um, in real time. Whence, without those testimonials, yeah. they may truly never know. Truly, because of the know. questions that you ask the people, yeah. how you get them to, yeah. you know, to say that. And so yeah. you're making a huge difference in like, you know, all factors of of your clients' lives. Yes. Yep. And then, yep. And some of their actual customers were there too that they coached. Yeah. And so, you know, they got to tell their transformational story. Basically, you're trying to document the transformation before meeting Rafi and Sarah, met Rafi and Sarah. How the heck did that happen? And what's your life like now? It's basically, what was it like? What happened? What's your life like now? Yeah. In effect, right? Of course. And so now... Rafi and Sarah have this amazing content to, to share with their audience to hopefully encourage people to sign up for their coaching, right? And so I'm, I'm getting those sorts of stories, but then I start interviewing entrepreneurs and I'm like, hey, what's your favorite customer success story? And people all are like needing to think about it and not to add dramatic effect because they don't have that top mm-hmm. of mind. Right. And we need to have, as salespeople, as, you know, I help people guest speak on podcasts. I help people go on an influence tour. I have a membership called the Influence Army that people join to learn and grow and community and all that, right? And I've got Don Gadden who joined the community and all of a sudden she's got six podcasts booked for next month. I've got Stacy who joined the community and... And all of a sudden gets two $6,000 deals by being in our community. Uh, Carissa, who joined the community and, and started implementing some of the frameworks that I teach, she goes and speaks on a live stage, a virtual live stage, and all of a sudden she secures a $30,000 package, right? Mm-hmm. Like these are real results that I've got for people, and I got those top of mind, and I got more for you. Right, but real just so I can, yeah. you know, I've I've seen other, you know, people pitch similar things to this. Yeah, and they're like, hey, you know, Max, um, 
you know, I got the, I got a group. It's a group of high level entrepreneurs. Yeah, and we can get you on X, Y, and Z. You know, one hundred ninety nine dollars. Here's what you get, and it's yeah. like speaking opportunities X, Y, and Z, and then you join it. And they're like, hey, you know, I'm looking for some speaking opportunities. I was like, okay, here, cool. I'm going to get you booked on this. It's a $2,500 speaking fee. Yeah. And then if you want your video from it, it's another $1,500 yes. to get the video. So before you're done, it's like, shit, I, I, don't, I don't have, I, I need to get that. Yes. I can't, I can't level myself up Yes. because I don't have the money to pay. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so, so like, how do you help people in that, in that position where they're like, no, no, like I, like I understand, you know, I, it's not that I'm not willing to invest in this, yeah. but I don't, I haven't gotten the opportunities to then get the social proof to then be able to build the revenue and the income to pay you the money to help me to do this. It's yeah, a catch yeah. twenty two. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's catch twenty two for sure. And there's like pay to play opportunities, like in the podcast world. You know, one of the big entrepreneurial podcasts is Johnny Lee Dumas. Uh, entrepreneurs on fire which is a great mm -hmm. podcast tons of downloads he helps people start podcasts stuff like that but a big section of the people that he interviews pay to play so they pay to be on that podcast right mm -hmm. there's speaking opportunities where you need to pay to get on that stage right which yeah. i think is what you're referring sure to. And, I'm, and i'm not saying that doesn't it's not fair and it doesn't oh, make no, sense it makes perfect it sense. makes perfect sense makes but perfect there's sense. There's more opportunities than you can count or that you know about where people want you to speak on their stage virtually onto their podcast, into their group, into their Facebook group, because uh, they want you to add value yes. to their audience. Right. Right. And right. there's, so I'm like, well, shit, I'll teach you how to find those, how to get on those, what to say, when to say it. And then let's get your call to action in line so that when you're on and the host says, well, where can my customer find you or where can my audience find you? You're not stumbling around, right? You're like, oh no, go to, you know, for me right now, I've got a few of those landing pages. I was like, if you want to go on a podcast tour and you don't have the finances to hire me to help you, you can go to guestingguide.com right now. You can. Anybody watching or listening this guestingguide.com. It's a it's a it's a complete guide that'll show you how to do how to go do it. You can do it yourself. I've got I've got templates in there that you can cut and paste to invite yourself onto people's shows. I've got you know uh, I teach you how to find the podcast, like all the stuff, man. So. You could go there, right? Like, that's a powerful call to action. So I teach people, like, and that's in there as well. Like, get your call to action in line. Now, does that answer that question? Yeah, it absolutely answers yeah. that question. Yeah, so. But here's the problem. Yeah. I'm a really busy, busy entrepreneur. I'm trying yeah. to lead generate. I don't have the time to reach out to all those people. Right. So that's amazing because I have a high-end service where, where we will create the engagement for you. So... Basically, in my membership, I have uh, three tiers. One's coming, but two are built out. Okay. One is uh, the mid-level tier. If you go to badzuck.com, you can join that. It's basically $97 a month. There's coaching calls. There's all sorts of stuff, all the resources you need. It's like done with you, let's say. Sure, yeah, I right? have the done with you, the done for you. Yeah, and then I have a done for you service that's currently... Um, 
I'm not sure if I should say it. I will say it. it's $1,500 a month right now, but it's going up. But basically for $1,500 a month, um, we will send out 200 invites for you a month mm -hmm. to podcasts to start and create yeah. that engagement. Well, well worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah, if yeah. you land, you know, 10% of those. That's I mean, right well there. worth it. And, yeah. you, and you decently know how to cut up some content. Yeah. Very cool. And uh, just for the record, folks, big pet peeve of mine is when you go to talk with somebody and they don't want to give you any prices for anything yeah. until like the fourth call. This guy just told you how much his program costs, all right? So yeah. he's a no bullshit kind of guy. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. So then Indeed. that we got one, you got the done for you, and then it, you have like, is there something coming down the line that you're launching a little bit that you're excited about? Yeah, yeah. That'll be the do it yourself. So the do it yourself will be. You create the system. I create the system, and then you're getting you're getting access to all the content we're creating and cool. the done with you and the done for you. You just don't get it live. You're just getting recordings as they come out. Yeah, for stuff. folks that have less money and exactly. more time. Exactly. And the high package is folks that have less time and more money. Exactly. So I've got, most people say start by building tier one and then tier two, tier three. I started with tier two, mm -hmm. got tier three done, and at some point I'll, I'll, so what's coming is tier one, and then, you know, the natural next things that are coming are, uh, you know, what, mass, live masterminds. Let's all, let's all, everybody in our community go to Fiji and surf and, you know, mastermind how to get on more podcasts yeah. and build better For sure. affiliate relationships. Yeah, you go meta, and then you teach people how to do what you were doing, yeah. and then you teach people how to teach people how to do what you were doing, yeah. and then you coach people that want to teach people who want to teach people who are doing what you're doing. Yeah. You go meta, uh, not, not a Zuck thing, yeah. as in meta, you know. Yeah. Believe it or not, Zuck doesn't own the term meta. Yeah. Um, well, listen, man, like this conversation has been, like, you've just killed the next four hours of my day because I'm about to visit all the websites you said, and I'd like to schedule like a call or a coffee or something with you because I have so many questions you don't even know, like, and I, like, I need some help, brother. So yeah. I would love to talk with you more about this. Cool. Um, I feel like, you know, the universe, God put us in this room together. Um, and so, you know, I'm not going to ignore that intuition. Um, but before we, we wrap up here, um, you, I want you to talk to the person who is going through that kind of identity existential crisis in their life. They've been doing something that worked for so long. Now yeah. it ain't working anymore. And they just don't know what to do. What are a couple of things that you can say that will hopefully allow this person to find their path or find their direction. Yeah. What? Yeah. Great. So, you know, prayer, meditation, journaling, like I did that Kyle Cease thing. Anybody can go to it. I, it was called the, uh, complete journey. I think it was. So Kyle Cease, Kyle the complete Cease. journey. I'm yeah. To check that out journey. or yeah. Google Kyle Cease. Yeah. He's got two things main. Well, he's got a bunch of stuff, but, um, yeah, there's one called the entrepreneurial journey, I think, which is cool. But the thing that we're talking about is we're in that existential moment of yeah, this is like I don't have a life purpose anymore. Yeah, exactly. That out. And this thing, it's like the it's it's like the the complete 
journey or something like that. Cool. Super powerful. But basically, it was the write down the hundred things you love. It was a bunch of stuff in there, but core thing. Hundred things you love. Hundred things you know. Hundred things you understand. Hundred things you're good at. What you do is you look at all that stuff and you go, the hundred things I'm good at, what I learned is just because I can doesn't mean I should, mm-hmm. right? I was like, I'm good at a lot of stuff, so that means I need to do it. That's not true. So you, you inventory this stuff and then you take a moment and you literally go through each thing and you go, does it make me feel light or does it make me feel heavy? Mm-hmm. And if it makes you feel light, you put a dot next to it. Yeah. Right? And then That's a great way to put, instead of do you enjoy this or not, Yeah. does it make you feel light, light or, heavy? or heavy? Right? And so just super quick, right? I literally did it. I inventoried those things that I told you. And then you go back and light or heavy. And, and I'm telling you, I was like, oh my God, I need to quit my job and go support my kids. There's people out there right now that need to quit their jobs. I'm not saying you should or whatever. That's up for you to design. Yeah, don't just quit your job, yeah. okay? <laughs> but, right? Or it's like, oh, you, the, the next step can, will be, could present itself. The other thing that it was in there that was very powerful is you you go to like 10 people and you say hey what do you see in me oh Please. man that is so good it's yeah. so hard to do it's so hard to do and i did that gosh and people probably said you were nuts they did. Or, or either that or they were like they felt like so honored that you would ask them that was it they're like you want my opinion on yeah that? so check it out i went to people that i figured would give me positive feedback, but I went to old bosses. I went to my ex-wife. I was like, dude, that's, that's heavy spiritual. That's real work. Yeah. That's not easy. Yeah. So I had an old boss who, I mean, we left on good ish terms, but I was like, I want to know what this guy would tell me. And I talked to him and he said, look, Misha, he goes, he goes, you have this presence and you can take over a room. I'm getting the chills just talking about it. But he goes, the thing about you is you use it for good and sometimes you'll sway the room in a bad way. Meaning that I wouldn't support him, right? And I was like, oh, I'm more powerful than I know. I say this as non-ecologically as I can, but like, I was like, oh man, I need to be really cognizant of am I using this presence as I have to, to support versus knock down. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, which wolf are you feeding? Yeah. Which, you got both yeah. of them inside of you. Yeah. You're feeding one or you're feeding the other. Yeah. You so, know, you could say the good wolf or the, or the evil wolf, but usually it comes down to, you know, like the, the service-minded wolf or yeah. the egoic wolf. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Your ego is useful. And without yeah. an ego, um, you know, people have argued that we wouldn't be able to self-sustain. But in recovery, I have looked into the eyes of people that have zero ego yeah and they are is like the most light airy i mean the energy it's just it's fantastic yeah being around people like that yeah i i think i would end with this too just as a final thought for everybody like there's you know i love mindfulness i love mindset stuff i love all these things um there's a lot of noise out there about Microdosing, ketamine treatments, uh, what do they call the, the you know, uh, 
herbal. What, I, what's the term? I don't even know what. The uh, term nootropics. Is. Nootropics. Brain meds. Or, or yeah, or like uh, plant-based medicine. Plant-based medicine. Plant-based medicine. Sure. Like sure. I am an addict alcoholic, right? So that stuff is all a no-no for me. Prescription meds. All that stuff's a no-no. So I think, like, if you're out there looking for solutions, mindfulness solutions, watch out for the, and I say this as humbly as I can, watch out for these alternative chemically-based <laughs> solutions. So I say that humbly. We I'm, know this because we're marketers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, I mean, of course, if you're on a mindfulness site, yeah. I always say this to anybody looking for a solution to a problem. Yeah. If you're just looking for information and you want it to know if it's accurate or not, usually yeah. if at the bottom there is a click to buy now, yeah, it's probably not giving you the full truth because they're marketing something. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, like the, the, the microdosing and all these sort of sorts of things are helping people with PTSD. So I don't want to preclude that at all. But due to my history, yeah. all that stuff's off right. the table for, you. for me. Yeah. So I would encourage people to be be wary to the new <laughs> chemical solutions. <laughs> there you go. For sure. <laughs> and that's great. So you know, some of my favorite people out there, I mean we got Gary V. We got Grant C. We got Jordan B. The Wolf of Wall Street. We got you know. But now we now we got Misha yeah. Z. Misha Z. This was so That's cool, man. So good. What a great conversation. Yeah. Um. Real quick before we go, tell people how to get a hold of you, where to check you out. I want to connect as many of our audience with you as possible. Yeah. Because I think they don't even know that they need to talk to you. Yeah. So love it. Spill it. Amazing. So, uh, go to the Influence Army podcast um technically it's currently called the table rush talk show but i'm going to be rebranding it so if you're watching this the influence army podcast uh, you can follow me there opt into my my uh list by going to guestingguide.com even if you don't want to know how to get on podcasts necessarily yeah. opt into my email list yeah, that's there. free value right there yeah free value, free value free value and then you'll be on my email list and i'm, yeah, yeah. I'm sending out a couple emails a week that are you know for heart-centered entrepreneurs and stuff like that and then uh if you are like, man, I love what you're laying down, Misha. I want to go on an influence tour. I want to go on this podcast tour. Go to badzuck.com. Opt in. Uh, I have a $7 trial right now. So for $7, uh, you can trial for one month my $97 program. And uh, and uh, be wary that those prices are all getting ready to go up. So do it now. Yeah, do it now. Do it There's now. a little urgency and scarcity <laughs> yes. for you folks. <laughs> But don't, don't ever tell me she doesn't know what he's doing. No, I'm, no, I'm just kidding. I'm well, just kidding. Hey, I, mean, I mean, I'm not, but I am. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you know, and there's truth behind it. Like, the feedback that I get yeah. constantly is like, you don't charge enough for this. No. Yeah. Right? No, and you're a heart-centered guy. Yeah. I don't, like to, I don't want to charge anybody yeah. anything. Yeah. But look, the natural process of life needs to be up. Yes. And if you're bringing value, yes. then you need to charge for your value. Yes. You know, as a, a former people pleaser... Um, I've been told that myself all the time. Like, dude, yeah. like, you're doing way too much for the for your price. Yeah. 
believe in your value more. Yeah. And you tell people, hey, this is the price because this is it. I'm worth it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. That's hard sometimes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that that's great. So okay. go there. Then um, anything else? Uh, social media accounts? Anything like that? Or nah, you know what? nah. I'm all up. Go to my podcast, and uh, that's where that's where the juice is for me. I'm in and out out of social media. Yep. I'm always on my podcast. I'm yep. always sending to my email list. And, cool, uh, cool. Yeah. And if this is resonating with you guys right now, drop a comment in here or just shoot uh, me an at at Max Does Marketing uh, or at Agent Elite, and uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, send a connection to Misha over here. Um, pleasure to have you on the show, Cheers. brother. Thank you, Max. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll talk again soon. Cool. All right, and we're out.